It's Friday, June the 12th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, American stock markets take fright and the pandemic picks up in Africa. First, the world in brief. The American S&P 500 index fell by nearly 6%, its biggest drop since the dark days of March. Investors had recently been bullish about the economy's prospects of recovering from its COVID-19 stasis, but a gloomy prognosis by the Federal Reserve and fears of a second wave of infections spooked them. Stock markets around the world braced themselves to follow the S&P's descent. The number of Americans seeking unemployment benefits for the first time declined again last week to around 1.5 million after a surprising 1.9 million the week before. The labour market may be emerging from the depths of the COVID-19 shock. The number of infections, however, passed 2 million. While it recedes in some cities, it surges ahead across half the country. Meanwhile, the World Health Organization warned that the coronavirus pandemic was accelerating in Africa. Hitherto, the continent has escaped relatively lightly, recording just 200,000 or so cases and 5,000 deaths, compared with over 170,000 deaths, for instance, in Europe. The WHO mentioned South Africa, Cameroon and Algeria as likely hotspots for the spread of the disease. America's top military officer said he should not have joined Donald Trump for his photo opportunity at a church during protests on June 1st. Authorities had cleared peaceful protesters from the area using tear gas and rubber bullets. General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, said his presence created a perception of the military involved in domestic politics. Microsoft decided to stop selling facial recognition software to American police departments. Amazon had made a similar announcement, saying that lawmakers need to regulate the technology better. Such systems have been shown consistently to be racially biased, wrongly identifying black faces more often than they do whites. Earlier this week, IBM said it would abandon its version of the technology. Reports suggest that Britain's government, using the coronavirus as cover, has scrapped its plans to introduce stringent border checks on goods arriving from the European Union. Businesses are worried that trade would be hamstrung, were full customs checks implemented in December, when Britain's transition period out of the EU ends. In 2018, the EU accounted for 53% of Britain's imports. And British Airways called in Sotheby's to auction some of its art collection. The distress sale, as it's known in business, is to help the cash-strapped airline through the coronavirus crisis, which has walloped its business. Works by artists such as Damien Hirst and Bridget Riley could go under the hammer. And now, here's today's agenda. End in sight. Argentina's debt deal. Ahead of today's deadline in the country's protracted debt negotiations, the government of Alberto Fernandez has promised what it insists will be a final offer to creditors. In April, it proposed paying 38% of the interest owed on debt worth $65 billion and sought to delay payment until 2023, an election year. Bondholders were unimpressed. Since then, the government has increased the offer to 45%. It will probably have to do so again to 50% in order to satisfy creditors. The IMF, which Argentina owes $44 billion from a loan in 2018, has urged creditors to make a meaningful contribution to the country's debt relief. Coronavirus, which the government acted early to control but is spreading rapidly at home and elsewhere in South America, makes Argentina's situation even more precarious. This week, the government said it will seek a three-year delay on any repayment to the IMF. 
even if it says yes, bondholders may be more demanding. Little cause for celebration. Russia Day. Two milestones will mark Russia's National Day this year. The first is the number of COVID-19 cases, which has surpassed 500,000, the third highest of any country. The second is the lifting of lockdown restrictions amid one of the world's lowest official death rates, something that the World Health Organization said was difficult to understand. It has not considered the interests of Vladimir Putin. On July 1st, Russia will vote on constitutional changes that will allow its autocratic president to stay in power beyond 2024. Yet his approval rating has plummeted. To lift the nation's mood, he decided it was time to end the lockdown. From this week, Moscovites can go outside and use public transport as normal. Sergei Sobyanin, Moscow's mayor, who recently warned that restrictions should remain until cases had fallen into the hundreds, has instead turned on the city's fountains again to create particular beauty and mood, just in time for the celebrations. Rock bottom. Britain's economy. Keen watchers of economic indicators usually take the Office for National Statistics monthly estimates of GDP, of which the latest is released today for April, with a large pinch of salt. They prefer to concentrate on the less volatile quarterly figures. But with economic performance driven by rapidly changing levels of lockdown, the more timely data are an unusually useful gauge. Forecasts indicate a fall of around 20% in April, over the month before. Thankfully, that is likely to be the lowest point, with growth returning in May as business activity increased. But climbing out of this hole will take a long time. The OECD, a club of mainly rich countries, estimated this week that even with no second wave of COVID-19 infections, Britain's output this year is likely to fall by 11.5% compared with 2019. It also predicted that, again with no resurgence of the virus, Britain's decline will be the steepest of any rich country. Long road back. The euro area. How quickly will the euro area's economy recover as lockdowns are lifted? Much depends on whether this leads to a second wave of infections. But there is a lot of ground to make up. Industrial production in Italy during April, for which figures were published this week, fell by an eye-watering 43% year-on-year. Production in Germany contracted by 25%. Today, figures for the zone as a whole will be published and will be similarly gloomy. The best economic policymakers can do for now might be to keep people spending and stop companies going bust. Germany's government announced a huge fiscal stimulus last week, and the European Central Bank expanded the size of its asset purchasing scheme. Economists hope too that governments may be able to agree on an EU recovery fund, which will direct money towards countries in greatest need. But some northern governments, such as the Netherlands and Sweden, have not yet signed up. Negotiations resume next week. Lights, camera, infection. Hollywood unlocks. Film and TV studios in Los Angeles County will get the green light to start shooting again today. More than half the COVID-linked deaths in California have been in LA, which is home to just a quarter of the state's population. But health officials have declared that the show must go on. Studios are less sure. Many actors are stranded abroad, live audiences are a no-go, and unions are perhaps a month away from agreeing to new safety rules around filming. Draft proposals include regular testing of cast and crew, protective equipment for hair and makeup artists, paperless scripts, and packed lunches instead of communal buffets. Trickiest of all is the acting itself. How do you film a socially distanced love scene? 
Industry guidelines suggest amending scripts or use of digital effects. Expect next year's blockbusters to feature a lot of computer-rendered romance, or else be rather chaste. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Jorge Luis Borges, who died Sunday in 1986. Dictatorships foster oppression. Dictatorships foster servitude. Dictatorships foster cruelty. More abominable is the fact that they foster idiocy. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.